Welcome to the Conversations with Jesus podcast. I'm Johnny Lehman, a baptized man of God who has the amazing blessings of being a husband, father, and the pastor at Divine Savior Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. This podcast is designed to bring you the self-sacrificing love of Jesus found in the Bible through 15 to 20 minute episodes that focus on relevant life issues and what God has to say about them. Check out our website, DivineSaviorChurch.com, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages if you'd like to find out more about the incredible things that God is doing through our church family. It has been so much fun to go through the book of Ephesians with you over the last couple of months. I'm so excited for us to finish that journey as we look at Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 24. Which is really fitting with Independence Day around the corner. We think about all the sacrifices that Americans have made throughout our history to ensure our freedoms, to stand firm on the principles of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that we've enjoyed here. When it comes to spiritual warfare, there's an even more important struggle going on. A war that Christians have fought for centuries, a war where everything is on the line, to stand firm on the truth of the scriptures so that one day we'll get to stand with Jesus forever in heaven. But the enemy we face today, for so many, is considered to be kind of a joke. This whole idea of the devil or Satan. We make jokes about him. But the truth is, the devil is a real and vicious enemy of God and his people. He tempts us to doubt God's word. He wants to tear us away from God. And he did so, right? The Garden of Eden. But Jesus came to defeat the devil. And he did. And so the church... Christians all over the world display that victory in all that we do. But of course, the battles rage on. Our enemy is real, and the daily battles we face with him, they're real too. So Paul reaches the dramatic finale to his letter. He says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So by faith, let's put on that armor of God and let the word of truth continue to fill our lives. There's no greater hope than what God's grace in Jesus gives us. And that's going to be the focus of our final podcast on the book of Ephesians. Before we go all in on diving into Ephesians 6, 10 through 24, I have a big ask to make of you. I want you to think back to your grade school or high school American history class. Maybe for you that wasn't too long ago, or maybe for you, as my grandpa would say, it was back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, but no matter how long it's been, I want you to think about if you remember anything about Pickett's Charge. Are there any images or thoughts popping up in your mind? If not, totally okay. I'll give you the Cliff Notes version of the story. So on July 3rd, 1863, during the Battle of Gettysburg, the northernmost battle of the Civil War, General Robert E. Lee of the Confederacy launched an assault to try to break the line of the Union Army. So he sent 12,500 soldiers up this ridge called Cemetery Ridge to try to break that position. Now the Union Army, they didn't need to move. If they stood their ground, they had the position of strength. And as long as they stayed in position, they would win. If they tried to move, if they shifted, potentially the Confederacy could break that line. As long as they stood firm, victory would be theirs. And that's exactly what happened. 
They stood firm, they fended off the Confederate forces, and won the Battle of Gettysburg. They followed the advice of their president, Abraham Lincoln, who once said, be sure you put your feet in the right place, then stand firm. 160 years later, we still talk about what happened on that battlefield and across the many other battlefields where brave American men and women have defended and fought for our position of freedom. And we thank God for their sacrifice commitment to stand firm on the ground of life and liberty. And as important as the fight for freedom is, there's another war that's been raging since long before 1776. There's an enemy far more lethal than any nation or dictator. A war that is going on in your heart as you and I are talking this very second. A war in which God calls us to do something that seems illogical. Stand firm. When life is coming at you, when temptations keep striking, when pressure builds up, the Lord says, stand firm. But what does he mean by that? Because you know as well as I do, sometimes the position that God has placed us in doesn't feel secure. I mean, think about the guy who's been talking to us for the last almost three months, the Apostle Paul. We're hitting the grand finale of his letter, and he leaves us with a passionate battle cry. This was personal for Paul. As he wrote this in prison, he didn't know what he would face next. Torture, execution, people bad-mouthing him, isolation... An enemy was attacking him, but the big question for him and for us today in our own soul struggles is this, who is our enemy? Now, maybe for you, that sounds like a basic question. Well, Satan, obviously, it's the devil, but is it really that obvious? When was the last time you thought about how demons in the spiritual dimension are trying to isolate you from God as you were binging Netflix? Right? Or think about the last time you were upset with someone. Did the thought ever cross your mind that the person standing in front of you is more in your way than the devil and his forces are? Look at what Paul writes here. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I'll be the first to confess how often I have underestimated Satan in my life, buying into the cartoon caricatures of him in our society. I'm much more inclined to direct my frustration at another person, blaming them for my struggles or my mistakes or my failings, how easily I can classify my sins as virtues instead of vices, even more so, how quickly in life's battles I doubt the Lord's protection and love. How often do you and I, in our battle brokenness, lash out at people from politicians to family members to friends to our own selves, directing our lives' frustrations at them? All the while, Satan is working tirelessly to get us to shift from our secure spiritual position in Jesus without us even sensing it. We need to expose Satan's spiritual warfare strategies. So what kind of attacks does Satan use to try to get us to move from a position where we can't be defeated? Getting us to be lazy or with a low alert peacetime mentality when it comes to our walk with God. How does he get us to shift from the truth that holds us together to putting on the ever-changing cultural camouflage, thinking that that's going to fill our need for belonging? How is he turning our hearts against us that when we look at ourselves with nothing but guilt or pride, we don't know what to do next? 
he gets us jittery, right? With stress and, and uncertainty and chaos by having unexpected fires come up in our lives where we feel like we're constantly putting out. He tries to isolate us and make us feel like no one can understand how we feel. He tries to convince us that God won't come through for us. We must look elsewhere to try to cope and overcome the challenges of life. Satan uses so many things to try to get our guard down and to forget who our true enemy is. Because Satan knows that when we stand firm in Christ, Satan can't touch us. When we're close with Jesus, when we stand on his grace, we can't be defeated. But Satan so often, in subtle ways, he tries to convince us that such a position next to Jesus won't keep us safe and won't give us victory. What he wants for us is to trade real and secure hope for a pretend and fading security. Satan wants to coax us to leave the secure and attacking position we are in as soldiers of Jesus, and his central strategy is to lead us to forget about the spiritual war happening all around us every moment. C.S. Lewis, he really articulates this well in his book, The Screwtape Letters. He writes, Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one. The gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. See, Satan's spiritual warfare strategy is to get you to move from your position, to get you off your feet, strip you of your spiritual armor, and cut you off from God and your fellow soldiers in Christ, all the while without you even realizing it. Often, little by little, concessions are made here and there until we're finally left bare and alone. Satan wants you more than anything to forget or underestimate just how mighty God's strength is and how secure and unconquerable your spiritual battle position is through faith. His strategy has long been the same. But thanks be to God that he led Paul to write this incredible section of scripture to combat the forces of evil. Now again, as Paul is staring down more prison time, possibly execution, for sure humiliation and aloneness, as he writes to Christians who are facing spiritual attacks in real time, just like you and me, He lays out for them why being a soldier of Jesus is the most amazing and secure life to live. Against the dark spiritual forces who are far beyond our capability to fight, we've been given everything we need. Through faith, we need not waver or move from God's side, but just like Paul says five times in this section, we simply must stand firm. We stand with Jesus at our side. When we're with him, we can't lose. When we fall to temptation again, which we will, when we suffer a loss on the battlefield, Jesus throws us over his shoulders through the word and he reminds us that through him, through the cross, we've won the war. So much in life, the visual and the emotional will try to tell us the war is lost, but Jesus has given us the battle armor and weaponry we need to never forget that when we stand firm in the mighty strength of God, evil can't touch us. See, God has equipped us. He's given us what we need. Martin Luther once said, God can give me more than all my worries and all the worries of, the, of all people could ever accomplish. So how can we stand alert? How can we be ready for when that day of evil comes that Paul's talking about, which by the way is every second of every day, that moment when Satan's going to try to tempt you to give up on God, when Satan will attack us where it hurts, how can we be ready? Well, God in his grace has given you the belt of truth to hold you together. In our world of so-called alternative facts, artificial intelligence, misinformation, and lies, Satan's never-ending propaganda stream, Jesus has given you his unchanging word. And so you and I, we stand firm on that word. 
We're convicted in it. His word is never going to change. It will remain forever. His voice will always speak truth to a world reeling in confusion. When our sinful nature condemns our hearts, shaming and guilt-tripping us, trying to get us to cope with worldly escapism, Jesus gives you a breastplate of righteousness to protect your heart, your baptismal identity with the powerful truth that you've been given a new heart through faith in Jesus. Our Savior, who is so far greater than our hearts and our feelings, who in our weakest moments covers us with his arms of grace, and he says, that sin isn't you. You are mine. When attacks of anxiety, stress, and change hit, we stand firm with sandals of God's peace. His peace is wholeness and completeness. His peace never changes even as time goes on and things come and go. His peace is what we stand firm on because our God does not change like shifting shadows. He remains the same. Even when Satan tries to start fire after fire in our lives and we feel like we can never put them all out, God leads us to hear him speak his love language to us through the word. His word that pours out living water on even the most raging fires of life. We have peace because we know our God stands beside us. He shields us. Even as Satan intrudes into our lives, hoping that Jesus fades, our God will not be moved. He stands. He fights. He's one. And here's the beautiful identity reality you have, that you're not a victim anymore. But through Jesus, you are a victor. You are a conqueror. A couple weeks back, just thinking about that thought, I, I got a chance to talk with a veteran in a wellness center. And he opened up to me and shared some of the deepest struggles as he thinks back to his time of active service. He's kind of processing it out loud with me. And he asked me, is it really true that God will stand by me even after all I've done and been through? Maybe you've thought that question before in your life too. And the answer for him and for you, according to the Bible, according to God's own voice, is and always will be, yes, God will stand at your side. So why, why do we try keeping up with the world? Why are we constantly trying to find stability and safety in this battle and we already have it? Why fear when Satan comes near? By faith, let's stand firm and not forget that we're not meant to be on the defensive, but from this most secure spiritual position on the battlefield of life, we are in the perfect position for victory. We take up the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and we do what Paul wanted prayers for, and we all need prayers for it too, to speak fearlessly of the undying love of Jesus. We fight with the sword of the Word, and we never fight alone. We pray for each other. We know that each of us are, is going through trials. We're not alone. We fight together. How we stay alert is by being there for each other, fighting for one another when one of us falls, and all is approaching God for strength, courage, and confidence. We stand firm because there's no place we'd rather be. Standing in the army of God, a rank given to us by grace, following the trailblazer of our faith, Jesus, who has won the war, it doesn't get better than that. Our stand with, with our Savior, it's not us being inflexible to the times or being backwatered to society, a society that changes by the millisecond around us. Such thoughts are mere mind games Satan throws at us. He knows full well the truth. When we stand with Jesus, all Satan can be is a coward, running and hiding, because we live a life of victory. We always have the advantage, and we speak this truth fearlessly to our own hearts, to the people we love, and against the spiritual forces stacked against us. Through Jesus, we always have the upper hand. 
We have the sword of the spirit, the word of God, which slashes and decimates every devilish defense. Each day, we are in a war largely unseen, but it's the most vital and amazing calling anyone could have. As we think about over the next few days, the men and women who have sacrificed themselves and so many other things in this war for earthly freedom that our country has been a part of ever since its conception, we must not forget the men and women who fought and died for something even more important, something even more life-changing and more significant than that. Our Christian ancestors who have gone before us to await the day and we will no longer be the church militant but the church triumphant, such a thought again. I am a major American history nerd that's full disclosure. Such a thought makes me think of Abraham Lincoln, who is somebody I've read more books about, probably more than any other person besides Jesus himself. But it made me think of his Gettysburg Address. That whole idea that there are Christian soldiers and people who have gone before us to pass on a legacy of the gospel. Now, I know Lincoln's Gettysburg Address was talking about the cause for earthly freedom, which again is no small thing. But I think his words in that speech can certainly speak to the most important war of all, and that's the war for souls. As you and I stand next to generations of soldiers in the faith, we're excited, we're resolved, we're poised, and we're prepared to leave a legacy of the gospel, the only cause that goes beyond the grave. And so as Lincoln once said, it is for us the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain. We stand firm on Christ the solid rock. We live because he lives, because he didn't die in vain. He stands victorious, and so we stand with Christians throughout history and the world. We do not live in vain, nor will we die in vain. We stand victorious in Jesus, and Satan can't do a thing about it. Amen. God's abundant blessings to you as you celebrate the 4th of July. If you're traveling, my prayers will be with you that you make it to and from safely and securely. It's a wonderful thing to think about the men and women that God so amazingly used to preserve the freedoms we have enjoyed in this country for such a long time. And what a joy it is we get to stand with soldiers in Christ as we march together through all our different callings in life that more and more people can see the life-changing good news and hope of Jesus. God's richest blessings, you live for him this week. And never forget that Jesus stands by your side and he will never leave you. God bless.